Today, answers matter more than ever before. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage customer questions with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to work for any industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant. Crazy old man in the attic, episode 51. Wilbon, I'm going to the glasses because I want to get this lead right. The NCAA has alleged level one violations against Louisville for improper recruiting in the 2017 scandal that led to Rick Pitino being fired. The NCAA has alleged level two violations against Pitino for failing essentially to monitor his program. Iona in New York recently hired Rick Pitino. What should Iona do about Pitino? Tony, I don't know about level two and level one. It doesn't really matter. When Iona decided to hire Rick Pitino, they just didn't decide to hire him on Tuesday and then hire him on Wednesday. They had to do some due diligence. They had to have investigators look into this because Iona's officials would be completely irresponsible if they didn't. Now, people can allege they're irresponsible for doing it anyway. Fine. But they did it. So none of this can be a real surprise. People knew this was coming down the pike. There would be some sort of finding and then punishment. And here we are, and it can't be a surprise to Iona. So they made their decision already. And I, I like, are you going to be critical of them for making it? Would you say, oh, now they have to rescind it and get rid of Rick Pitino? Because I would not no. say that. Oh, oh no, no, no. I'm, I'm certainly not going to do that. Uh, if I understand this correctly, there was a five-game suspension laying over Pitino's head at Louisville for the, you know, the stripper scandal, which is before this scandal. Okay, so that may still be out there at Iona. If I am Iona, I say, if you give them five, we take five, and that's fine. And other than that, I'm going to wait for you to give him more. If you give him 10, if you give him 15, I'm okay with that. But I'm not going to do any more than this, and I'll tell you why, Mike. And people do know this. I'm in the tank for Patino and have been for a long period of time. He got fired at Louisville. He lost millions of dollars at Louisville. He's not getting millions of dollars at Iona. And, and I think we've discussed this. I'll just go over the bell just briefly on this. He started as a high school basketball player at a Catholic school on Long Island. He coached at Providence, which is a Catholic school. He's coaching at Iona, which is a Catholic school. I think there is contrition here, and I think there is forgiveness here. He is a tainted Hall of Fame basketball coach. I, if I'm Iona... I'm not giving him any more unless I'm told to give him more. Right. No, I, I agree with that, Tony. I, I just part of me wonders, and this is too cynical, but how long do you think he's going to be at Iona? Somebody's going to call, right? Um, Some big well, D1 yes elite. No. I don't know if he'll go anywhere from there. I mean, this may yeah. be the place at his age that he wants to finish it out. I mean, a lot of the. Jim Valvano coached at Iona. I, I would just ask this in, in a general sense. How can Bill Self and Bruce Pearl and Sean Miller, how, how are they coaching? How are they still coaching? How does it work? Yeah. Here's how it works. Somebody wants them. They can win a lot of games, make that school a lot of money. Still coaching. And going to be still coaching. Tony, <laughs> this next story, I know it's going to make your head explode to some degree. In an interview with the New York Post, Charles Oakley says it was Patrick Ewing's fault the Knicks lost to the Bulls in the 1993 Eastern Conference Finals. Oakley says Ewing took too many fadeaways 
and did not have the drive to match Michael Jordan. Ouch. Tony, fair or foul? I know this is a tough one for you because Oak is your boy and Patrick Ewing is your boy. So I almost want to stop talking just so you can answer no, this I question. I want is you to keep talking. <laughs> okay. Is it fair or foul? Charles Oakley kills Patrick Ewing. Oh, he says he has oh. no heart. There's nothing oh. worse than this. He says he has no heart. And then he says that playing against the Bulls, the Bulls have Michael Jordan and we have Patrick Ewing. And he says it's like going to the Beyonce concert to see Beyonce and then there's someone else who thinks he's Beyonce. So it can't, <laughs> is it, it's probably foul because it feels like he's waited 20 years on this to do this, but he just destroys Patrick Ewing. You, you know, I mean, I covered Patrick Ewing in George, at Georgetown. I think Patrick Ewing is a great, 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 great player. And he was great in the league. I know he did not win, but there were some people born at the wrong time and didn't beat Michael Jordan, and they're great. Stockton, Malone, Barkley, Mullen, Ewing, uh, they, the guys on the Dream Team, half of them. Tony, this is tough. I'm going to read you one stat that sort of speaks to a defense of Patrick Ewing. And actually, this this Frank Isola and I talked about this this morning because we were like, oh, my God, where would this come from? Tony, in that 1993 Eastern Conference Finals, Michael Jordan had one more basket than Patrick Ewing. One. And he took 40 more shots, which speaks to how efficiently Patrick Ewing played. Speak, I know he's playing closer to the basket, but he's playing against a great Bulls defense, you know, that had Bill Cartwright and Horace Grant and all these guys. This is this is hard to hear if you are a fan of Patrick. And I know, look, Charles Oakley was a tough, tough, tough guy who p- both played with Michael Jordan and against Michael Jordan. So, so he know I me. Mean, Charles Oakley knows, but man, I I thought Patrick played valiantly. They just weren't good enough. Neither were Stockton and Malone, neither were Charles, neither were, I mean, there's so many guys. Here's the thing. Patrick Ewing did not choke in those playoffs. No, I didn't think so. He gave you the numbers he gave you in the regular season. But what makes this foul is simply this. Nobody has ever said that Patrick Ewing was the greatest basketball player ever, which is what they say routinely about Michael Jordan. They don't belong in the same sentence. Now, if you think if you think that he got killed, and Derek Harper apparently piled on a little bit too, I'm told in this. But if you think that that Oakley is killing Patrick Ewing, how about what Jordan did to Clyde Drexler, where he looks in the camera and he says, "This guy? Are you kidding me? Just give me the ball. That's killing somebody." Let me stay with okay, the but at least for Tony. You. Let me let, let me just say, add this. Let me add this. At okay. least they were opponents. Charles and Charles Oakley yeah. and Patrick. <laughs> teammates and they got so close yeah. they got so close and, and, and none of this nothing talks about block strip block block which was not patrick ewing's fault so uh, oh they go oakley thinks that was his fault oakley thinks <laughs> charles smith should have been in that position gone to patrick, yeah, patrick yeah. ewing should have scored i'm gonna stay with major bulls in the 1990s for a little while the okay. Chicago Sun-Times is reporting the jerry kraus and i know you know that i believe jerry kraus did a great job I think he did his job very well, that he wanted to break up the Bulls before they went for the last dance, before they went for their sixth championship and their second three-peat. He wanted to trade Scottie Pippen to the Celtics for the right to draft high schooler 
Tracy McGrady. Now, Jerry Reinsdorf and Michael Jordan apparently nixed this. Wilbon, would trading Pippen for McGrady at that point have been defensible in your opinion? It's defensible if you're doing this strictly from the view of I'm a general manager and I'm trusted to look forward to the future of the franchise because Scotty was 32. I mean, look, if you're going to replace Scotty Pippen, my God, didn't Tracy McGrady in terms of style? I know he was more prolific. Did he play a lot like Scotty? Yes, he did. He, you can see this, but here's why it's indefensible. And look, I, I say Jerry Krause was great at building that team too. And then Jerry Krause is the legitimate and justifiable villain. He is. I know he's deceased. I know it's unseemly sometimes to say, how can you pile on Jerry Krause? Because he knew what he was doing. He was a villain when he was alive, too. And he earned it. He wanted it. Jerry Krause was a guy who heard the booze and went. So now he's getting them. And, and, and so, no, it's not defensible because they were winning championships with Scottie Pippen. They were not going to probably win. It was going to be harder to win with a rookie. Don't you agree? And I love Tracy McGrady. But I'm saying, Tony, you got Scottie Pippen. He is, the, to me, the most underrated player of his time. Elgin Baylor, Scottie Pippen, in terms of underrated. You play with Scottie Pippen, my God. It's, it's indefensible at that time in the way that drafting Jordan Love is indefensible in this time because it doesn't help <laughs> you win right now. It's a high school kid. You can't win right You've got Pippen and Jordan for one more year, and you obviously ride that out. What is interesting to me is this is the year that Tim Duncan is coming out. And the Celtics hope that they're going to land Tim Duncan. But they get the third pick and the sixth pick in that draft. So they get Chauncey Billups and they get Ron Mercer. Had they gotten Scottie Pippen in a trade, Rick Pitino might still be there. He might not even be at Iona because Scottie Pippen would have helped the Celtics (laughs) in that moment tremendously. But, no, that's not defensible right then. Krause is looking down the road when he does that. Yeah. By the way, if Patino hadn't gotten crazy and he kept Chauncey big shot Billups, he might not be at Iona either. He might have stayed at the Celtics longer had he realized he had a great Hall of Fame point guard on his team that he got rid of like in a minute and a half. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, because he knew who wasn't walking in that door, as you recall. That's He he, He fixated on that, Tom. All right. You know, people should know by now. The, the last story in the A block is often about boxing because we are not MMA people. We're boxing guys. A few days ago, a video went viral showing 53-year-old Mike Tyson training in a boxing ring. The main man training him, Rafael Cordero, told ESPN's Ariel uh, Helwani that Tyson has the same speed and power as guys in their 20s tone. And Cordero believes that within... Six months, Tyson would make a comeback. And so the question is very direct and simple. Do you want to see Mike Tyson back in the ring fighting? Okay, so full disclosure here. I love Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson, as I've told you many times, the single most charismatic athlete I have ever seen when he walked into the ring in any heavyweight bout that he was in. This is insane. I saw this. I saw this clip. He looks like a giant bear at this point. I mean, I don't know who's going to allow him to fight. He's 53 years old. But if we get past exhibitions, because he said he might want to fight exhibitions, if we get past exhibitions to a real fight, are you asking me what I want to see it? Well, of course I want to see it. Just like you want to see it. Of course I want to see it. He did an interview 
on the Internet and he's smoking a cigarette in the interview. So how much is he training, really? Huh? When I saw this film a couple of days ago, this video clip, the first thing I thought was how long until we get to the story of a Mike Tyson comeback? Tony, there are few things as exciting uh, in, in 40 years of covering sports in person. There are there's almost nothing as exciting as having been at ringside for Mike Tyson. But do I want to see him back in the ring? Yes. But when you think about what could happen, we see the speed and the power and the, hitting the mitts, but that's not the same as getting in there against a guy. And Tony, these heavyweights now seem so much bigger. You know, they seem so much bigger and stronger. I don't want Mike. I don't want to see Mike Tyson hurt. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that. But how old was Foreman at the end of his run? Wasn't Foreman in his 50s? Wasn't he about I the same age? I think he was age? in his 50s. Look, yeah, he, he was. I, I just want to remind people that the last time that we saw Mike Tyson hit somebody, it was Zach Galifianakis in The Hangover, which is a great movie. And there's a tiger in the room. And it's really, really nice. You can't let Mike Tyson back in the real ring. I mean, it, you can't. I don't think you anybody... Can't. Although it, I'll be it, there if you do. It's irresistible. I was going to say, once again, we say, no, no, no. Yeah, can we have a peek? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Geico knows there are many reasons why you ride. From the camaraderie of the other bikers, a band of brothers always there for you, rain or shine, to the amazing savings you get with Geico on your motorcycle insurance and accessories coverage all year round. But for Bucky Hornhill, it was one reason in particular. It was my helmet hair. I was born with helmet hair. I've tried to cut it a bunch of times, even buzzing it, but it immediately just goes back to helmet hair. Geico Motorcycle. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. It could be a routine drive to pick up the kids after school or an epic road trip across the country. No matter where your travels take you, we know those miles count. We're Marathon. We have over 5,700 stations across our great nation. Our people are working hard every day to provide you with quality top-tier gasoline to improve engine performance and fuel your life. Marathon, fueling the American spirit. Time for the glasses, time for the legal pad, time for the happies. Happy 49th birthday, Harold Miner. A native of Inglewood, California, Miner came to prominence in high school where his dunking prowess earned him the nickname Baby Jordan. Miner spent three years at USC, and in his final year there, Sports Illustrated named him College Basketball Player of the Year over Shaquille O'Neal, Alonzo Mourning, and Christian Leitner, who would later go 1-2-3 in the NBA draft. Miner was the number 12 pick overall going to Miami, where he did not get much playing time. He won the dunk contest twice, but only started 47 games in his four-year NBA career. Three with Miami, one with Cleveland. Only averaged nine points a game. His college coach, George Raveling, once said, the worst thing to happen to Harold was the baby Jordan tag. Indeed, Miner has lived most of his post-NBA life in some seclusion, admitting a few years back that it took him a long time to, quote, accept what happened with my career, that I wasn't able to live up to my own personal expectation. Tony, one, I forgot he was left-handed. I've just forgotten that. And two, all the guys that got tagged with that, there was so much pressure it was so difficult to 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 have on you to smothering you and the only guy who who survived it and went on to have his own great hall of fame career is vince carter and i wonder and it'd be great to ask vince this sometime 
if being at North Carolina and maybe having being knowing Michael Jordan be demystified because there's that similarity and he was around him a lot. I wonder how much that helped Vince when he was young. But man, Harold Miner, I mean, he had some talent in there, Tone, but the pressure was just it was just enormous. Don't be the next Jordan. Don't be the next Tiger. Doesn't work out. Happy anniversary, Larry Bird. On this day, 39 years ago, in just his second year in the league, look at this. Bird followed up his own miss, capturing the ball in his right hand, slapping it to his left hand, and scooping the shot in as he fell out of bounds. This was in game one of the NBA Finals against Houston, a series the Celtics would win for Bird's first title. Red Auerbach. Red Auerbach called it the greatest play he had ever seen. In this particular game, Bird had 18 points, 21 rebounds, 9 assists, which is a stat line you can live with. I don't have to tell you how great Larry Bird was. There is a moment in the Jordan documentary where Bird, Magic Johnson, and Michael Jordan are posing for publicity pictures for the Dream Team, and the camera captures them laughing and kidding each other about the photo shoot. The moment is completely captivating. I imagine this is what it would have been like if Willie Mays, Hank Aaron, and Mickey Mantle were ever on the same baseball team. See, Tony, that's that's why that team, when people I know who are younger get angry at hearing old folks say, that's the greatest team ever assembled. Because it is. That was like the holy basketball trinity for people of a certain age in that photo. And so, I, I you know, Bird... He doesn't get overlooked. He doesn't. I mean, Bird is still in the conversation because you have clips like this and you have people like Michael and Irvin talk about Larry Bird and having to play against him. That move. I mean, that Jordan switched hands. This, this, I know it was in the finals, that move because it's in motion and he thinks it's going to be defended as well. Maybe Red Auerbach was right. Happy trails to the absence of baseball on ESPN. I feel like I'm doing a live read here. The season opener of the Korean Baseball Organization was televised beginning at 1 a.m. this morning Eastern Time with Carl Ravitch and Eduardo Perez doing the call from their homes. The NC Dinos beat the Samsung Lions for those of you in Korean fantasy leagues. The KBO is a 10-team league. Each team plays 144 games. The selling point of the league is offense. A couple of years ago, the league-wide batting average was 286. And did I mention there's a premium on theatrical bat flips? Tuesdays through Fridays, ESPN will televise a game beginning at 5.30 a.m. Eastern, which is when I'm out walking a dog. It's a 4 a.m. start on Saturday for you people getting in late and a 1 a.m. start on Sunday. In addition to Ravi and Eddie, John Shambi and Jessica Mendoza and Kyle Peterson will call games. As of yet, there are no fans in the stands, just cardboard cutouts of fans. Umpires and on-field coaches must wear masks. And if any member of a team, any member, tests positive for coronavirus, the league will shut down for at least three weeks. Man, that's a lot of pressure, Tony. Look, it's a trickle. Baseball in Asia here, golf in Florida there. It's something, you know, I know it's just toes in the water. That's all it is right now. But I know you'll agree with me. This is good to see. And I'm watching. And I'm on some weird time. I'm three hours off of you. And I'm still going to be watching. So take that.